To Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. I am Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndie.org. Before I begin, I want to read a message about how you can help your neighbors in the Valley. COVID-19 has changed life as we know it, and the Valley needs your help now more than ever. The region's health and human service providers face unprecedented challenges in meeting the needs of those affected by this pandemic. Some organizations are even at risk of closing their doors. But you can make a difference right here in our community by joining with others in three ways. Give directly to Valley nonprofits, participate in the Valley United Way annual campaign, or support the Valley Community COVID-19 Response and Recovery Fund. Visit valleyfoundation.org to learn more. Okay, and now I have not shut off the recording. So my first guest uh, today on this episode is Rick Dunn, the Executive Director of the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. Welcome back to the program, Mr. Dunn. Thank you, Eugene. And joining Rick is Mr. Jack Walsh, the Chairman of the Derby Water Pollution Control Authority. That is an appointed volunteer position here in the city of Derby. Welcome back, Mr. Walsh. Always a pleasure to be with you, Eugene. Thank you, and I apologize. I'm, I'm getting some text messages which come in on my computer. We're just gonna have to deal with that a, a little bit. We're, we're low rent, but the information's good here at the Valley Indy. <laughs> So I thought in this episode of Naval Gazing, uh, I would address or we would address comments that have been made recently on the Derby Community Forum uh, Facebook group, not officially uh, connected to Derby government. But first, like some background about this subject. Derby residents recently received their bills from the WPCA. My bill was $449, which I could pay in two installments, plus a $257 annual capital fee that I'm paying because in 2014, Derby voters approved borrowing up to $31.2 million to make repairs and upgrades to the sewer system. Uh, that included replacing, replacing aging pumping facilities. That $257 capital fee, and that's for single family homes, will be paid by Derby folks, I believe for the next 28 years or so. Is, could somebody fact check me? Is that accurate, Jack, roughly? Approximately, yeah. I mean, basically it'll, you'll be billed until it's paid off. Gotcha, okay. You know, we'll have to see what the final cost will be with borrowing and interest rates, et cetera. So we'll see, but probably close to 30 years. Okay, so there have been comments on Facebook recently saying the city missed some type of grant that could have made paying for this work uh, easier. Uh, one person, I'm not using last names here because the, I don't think the people asked to be dragged into my podcast, but one person uh, was named Jeff, and he, he said, quote, I got my sewer assessment today along with the extra pumping station assessment that I'll be paying for the next 20 plus years because the last Democratic administration screwed up and missed the deadline for a grant costing the Derby taxpayer approximately $33 million. There was a comment from Glenn on there. The previous administration did not submit the grants on time. So now here we are stuck paying the full bill. And those comments struck me because I sat in countless discussions about the WPCA referendum 
under the administrations of both mayors, former mayors uh, Steferi and Degato. And I really have no memory of this being brought up uh, during those discussions. I, I do have vague memories in public forums held in 2012 or, or 13, when it was mentioned that Derby didn't actually qualify for some federal grant money, but my memory is uh, foggy there. Uh, but, you know, but I don't know, maybe it was swept under the rug. What do I know? Uh, so, Rick, in your capacity uh, as a person in the know about such matters, uh, take us back to that run up to the 2014 vote, if you will. And then later we'll have Jack talk about uh, the pressure the WBCA PCA has been on under the last couple of years in terms of federal and state environmental uh, regulators and how it's pretty much turned itself around to get in a much more healthy state than say uh, 11 years ago so after all that and i apologize for taking up the entire broadcast <laughs> rick did the city say, you said this would be a 10 minute podcast <laughs> okay, so, uh, so so no listen I, I i i appreciate the question i appreciate the opportunity uh to talk about this um the uh I, d I don't have the luxury of having read the online discussions i didn't see any of that but uh i can tell you i you know i've, I've served in I, i'm afraid to start counting back but uh, uh i've served on the tax board i was on the board of aldermen i was then the city treasurer for several terms i was the director of development for the city and now i run the uh council of governments for the 19 towns uh, who by the way we're working on a, uh, a regionalization uh, study uh, concerning wastewater, mm -hmm. but but what I can say is to, to the specific uh, accusation, um, and I'm sorry I'm having a little bit of sound trouble, um, but uh, to the specific accusation of of uh, somebody missed a grant application, I mean that's it's not true strictly speaking. Um, I can tell you that this is something that every administration has uh, not paid attention to. And every prior uh, WPCA board has looked the other way. The last time a WPCA board put together a plan and made an application to the state for clean water funds was under the Schlesinger administration. Uh, when Joe Moore and Neil Dorso, I believe, were, were running the WPCA, or Joe might've been president of the Board of Aldermen. That was the last time City put together, paid an engineer to put together a plan and submit it to the state until now. Um, and every successive administration, I mean, you can take like our follow years next following that, uh, they had just done a project on their There probably wasn't an immediate need, but long term, this is this is an issue of political will. Uh, there's no political will from the people on the WCCA board or from elected officials to spend what it costs to flush your toilet. Um, and that, and that's really what this is about. Um, so the city's failure to file you know, the lead time to getting this, this elusive grant is usually six to 10 years. And even if you get the grant, the WPCA or the city still have to issue the debt. Um, and, and part of that debt is repaid by the state grant. Um, so, so I, I think people misunderstand what I'm about. The other thing that, that I think needs to be clarified here is those plans and those grants are for plant improvements and plant operations primarily, um, which 
Derby is still is still facing a whole bunch of of uh, uh, improvements necessary there. The bond referendum that was approved was for the pumping stations, which are I believe original to the to the Derby system, and the uh, and the pipes under the ground. What we refer to as the collection system, as opposed to the to the plant. So so I, I I'm not sure that an application for the collection system would have been very competitive uh, given the, the, the small amount of funds that are, are available in the state now. Um, and it's it certainly, look, no secret. I've had my differences with the, with uh, the Dugato administration, but uh, I can't pin it on them. This is, this is going on for 20 years. So, so it sounds like what, what you're saying, uh, and I, this is what I remember from those public forums held by the city's engineers uh, I think it was starting under the Stafari administration, continued into Degado. There could have been some clean water, some federal money available for plant upgrades. Uh, but the work to get that money would have had to start if you're going to go to if it, if it was to help us in, in 2014. That work would have had to start in 2006 or so to basically get online to qualify for this money. Is that that sounds about right? I mean, in terms of the 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 typical time frame from application to approval. Um, now, Der Derby's in a, a little different situation right now in that they are, they have been trying to uh, put together the proposal for the state. The state is actually saying, hold off, wait a little bit um, because th they want this regionalization study to finish up. I don't know if we have time to talk about that at all today, but, you know. Well, we should. We should. Up. Yeah, because that's important, because I know one thing that's happening here is, uh, okay, so we have the brand new pump station on 34, uh, a pump station that previously dumped 304,000 gallons of raw sewage uh, in the first six months of 2012. It was failing that badly. It was a pump station that was dangerous to go into, uh, according to OSHA. So uh, those improvements have been made, and Jack's going to talk about that. But then at the at the plant at the main facility itself, we're we're, we're sort of stuck in this holding pattern as this regionalization study uh, continues. Okay. Uh, maybe Jack, do you want to talk about the regionalization study now? Uh, sure. So when is that going to be done, Rick? What's the holdup? Get it done <laughs> for God's sakes! Jack Walsh is losing his mind over here. So, so uh, Jack is on me on a regular basis about this, um, and and I, I don't blame him because the, the state is is still you know just holding back from enforcement actions on the city. They're telling the city not to to proceed, um, but still they have the enforcement action hanging over the city's head. Um, so so you know what's I, I think what's important to to understand about a regionalization proposal is. We're looking at infrastructure first, and then we're looking at how you organize this. How, how is it structured? Is it a regional WPCA, if you will? Um, is it a separate independent entity where towns purchase water, wastewater treatment? Um, and we're not sure how that works. So we're coming out of phase one, which is the engineering study, which is getting us to uh, preferred alternatives. What's likely logical and affordable going forward. I think, you know, speaking for myself, I, I think we've only eliminated connecting Naugatuck to the system, um, but you have uh, uh, Beacon Falls, Seymour, Ansonia, and Derby who are all potential partners in this. Now, it doesn't mean that we're gonna have one plant 
that's going to service all of those towns in a common system. Could be two plants, could be one plant potentially. Um, and then the question is, where do you locate this plant? Um, in order to do this, <laughs> it's important to note, almost every town has to uh, deal with their collection system so that we get enough clean water out of the system. Derby spending, they're gonna be commended. They're spending quite a bit of money on getting the clean water out of the system because the last thing a user is gonna do is pay to treat clean water. That's, that, that is the dumbest way, in my, in my opinion, to operate it. And for years, that's been the model. The model is, well, as clean water goes in the system, let it go through uh, and we'll deal with it. But Derby's plant, just for example, I, and I, I can be corrected on this, but I think you know, you've got a plant with a capacity of a couple million gallons a day. Um, it runs on average about 900,000. But if it rains one inch in 24 hours, you, you get something like 8 million gallons. Um, you know, so it's that clean water going in the system. We have to get out of it in order to efficiently manage and treat the effluent that's properly uh, generated and uh, needs to be treated before it goes back into the river. Well, so, Rick, let me let me just interrupt because yeah. I'm afraid we might lose people at this point because we're setting we're getting so knee deep uh, in. in uh, I'm sorry. So what I that's, do? That's I my, do detail. <laughs> that's my uh, my pun is bad, but uh, all right. But on the other hand, okay. So there's there, there's this regionalization study happening. It's very complicated. There's a lot of factors involved. But then you have the uh, main plant, which is I, I remember being in there a couple of years ago. Uh, I mean, it looked like something out of uh, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. I mean, it was it was in rough shape and the equipment looked like it was being held together, you know, with maybe it's improved somewhat. But why doesn't the state let the let Derby go make the repairs they have to make? Well, well I think, I think that, they, why wouldn't we waste money doing something, you know, now that, you know, if there's a regional plan uh might be wasted money that we might have to do something else so that's why we're on hold and, and rick is there an end date is there a uh, any type of date when we'll we'll have we'll know which way we're going to go yeah I th- so we're we're finishing up the um engineering portion of it i mean it's, it's, it's essentially done we just have to narrow it down um, we've, st- we're starting, I think we're, s- we're sending out notices soon for, to schedule the, uh, discussion about, uh, a governance model, you know, basically how rates get set and who controls that and, and how it's done and whether bringing towns together to do this regionally will ultimately save business and, and residential taxpayers money. Um, because that's, that's really what you, what you want here. Um, so that's 20 it, years we'll know. Well, you look, rates, it's not just Derby. Mm-hmm. Derby's facing a huge amount of, of infrastructure at their plant. Um, they're spending money in the collection system. And Sonia has a relatively new plant, about 10 years old, but their collection system is as old as Derby. Um, the, uh, I mean, as old as the, the city of Derby. They have the original portion of the city's collection system. Um, Seymour uh, has problems really at both ends that, that are, are not have not been dealt with um, to Kurt Miller's credit. He's, he's been aggressive in, in having us pursue this alternative. I think all towns want to see before they have to spend more money on their system. And before we ask the state to uh, provide more money, uh, what's the most efficient way to get this done and what's the best way to hold costs down long-term? Um, you know, and, and Beacon Falls, uh, for that matter, who I, did, who I didn't mention, they have a small plant, which is really preventing growth and development in the town. Uh, it forces businesses to pay, to extend water lines because they have to go on septic. Um, 
and, and but they have a great collection system because it was built in the 70s so it's, it's mainly plastic pipe um so everybody's got something at stake here everybody has a potential benefit from this and i think it's going to be late um, you know late into this year early into next year we'll have a final report on this but the next step is critical and it's going to happen in the next 30 60 days which is asking the cities to decide hey what do you how do you feel about these governance models and we're going to present several models to them that they can they can uh, pick and choose between and discuss uh, as a committee Okay, so that's moving along. And then, Jack, in terms of uh, everybody in Derby just got their bills, and I guess my, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback of observation is that I think a lot of people are, are home because of the pandemic. More people are online. More people are involved in Facebook and the community forums. Uh, so they're surprised uh, that the bills are so expensive. I, the total, I think, was about seven hundred dollars uh, for mine. And I, I was wondering, Jack, if you could kind of talk about, uh, you know, what does that bill encompass? Why are the rates, or why why is the bill as high as it is? And, and I don't know if that you have a comparison to other towns, actually. So that started the discussion. So let me let me address it. First of all, there was no increase in the bill. Okay, mm -hmm. I've seen people comment that the bills were higher. There was no rate increase. There's only been one rate increase in Derby in eight years, which was last year. Now, the $257, that's not an increase. That was voted in 2014, and it wasn't uh, you know, attached to the bills until the city started borrowing the money and needed to pay it back. So they will pay that, but that was not a rate increase. That's something the voters themselves authorized to be done. So there's no rate increase this year. If someone uh, has a, a, a higher bill, it's because they use more water. Their bill is based on the water usage, uh, a set fee for each facility hooked into the system. So if, uh, if it went up, it's because their water usage went up in the last year. And then people uh, also asked about uh, you know, they, uh, they water their lawns and they fill their pools during the summer and they don't like getting charged for that because it doesn't go into the system. They don't get charged for that. The bill does not include the summer usage because we recognize that. So there was no increase in the bill this year, okay? Now let me go back and do a little history here because uh, we're talking about how long this has been going on. Before we started, me, I was joking that I've seen video of the mayor's back in the late 50s or 60s, where they were talking about uh, having to build these plants, and they really didn't want to. And you can understand why a mayor didn't want to do it, because they knew they'd have to increase taxes dramatically. They were getting fined $10 a day at the time. It was a lot cheaper to pay the $10 than it was to build one of these plants. I can tell you the fines today won't be $10 a day. And to his credit, uh, John Saki was the one who kind of pushed to get this referendum to start making these repairs because the state and the federal government, we're going to force us to do it anyways. Okay. Now what's happened since, well, actually WPCA has made a lot of progress. You mentioned earlier at the beginning, the consent orders. We're in full compliance with all of the uh, orders that the city had to sign. Every one of them. We rebuilt our relationship and we have a good relationship with D. 
and the entire state. And Jack, let me just interrupt for one second if people aren't under or don't know what a consent order is. Basically, the WPCA was in a lot of hot water for the way it was operating. There were a lot of things being done wrong, according to the federal and state regulators. That That's essentially what happened. And they gave a set of orders saying you must do this, 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 and this. Correct. Correct. So, and, okay, you know, a ahead. lot of that was tied to the, the infrastructure itself and the, the, how bad a shape it was in. So the city signed the consent orders, and we've been meeting all of those uh, on a regular basis. We've been meeting with DEEP uh, to understand. And also constantly, I remind them that the city of Derby is a distressed community, and we can't afford this. Two or three years ago, they wanted us to raise our rates then. And, and I said, we can't raise our rates uh, because of that. And, you know, we didn't raise our rates then. We did last year. Um, so, you know, it's a difficult situation to be in, but we've made a lot of progress. Rick was talking about the INI, the water seeping into the system. Derby has over 40 miles of sewer lines. Again, let me repeat that. We have over 40 miles of uh, pipe where water could seep into the system. That's costing us a lot. Separate from the bond issue, we're spending $270,000 each year to remove that excess water from our system. And we'll be doing that probably for another 10 years because some of the pipe is, is so old. We've actually built four pump stations, okay? One was done with, with strictly uh, city money before the bond issue. That was a small one at Patty and Terrace. Uh, we've replaced the ones at uh, Birdville and the one on South Division Street. And the big one, the $7 million one, was on Roosevelt Drive. Um, so, you know, we are trying to do as much as we can. The staff is doing an excellent job holding things together with uh, bubble gum and paper times, I think. Um, but we need to, the, the study to be done to make, uh, you know, our, our plans. We've submitted, uh, as we were required to, an updated plan for the plant itself. But <laughs> even though we had to do the plan, it's subject to uh, further interpretation based on what comes out of the regional study. So in essence, we've, we've committed to a plan, not committed, we gave a plan that may be useless, depending on what comes out of the regional study. Uh, but that's the way it goes. And I will say to the state's credit, they did fund half of the cost of doing that study. Um, so at this point, we're waiting. Uh, and, you know, no one wants to pay more money. Simple as that. I, I don't care who it is. No one's volunteering to pay more money for taxes or user fees or whatever we want to call them, especially during this period of time. And yet, uh, I think as someone else said, you want to make sure when you go to flush the toilet, it works. Okay. And in Derby, it is working. It's been a problem, but it is working and we will make it work. Our hope is that this regional study comes up with something that saves us money. I don't know if that's going to happen. I can't tell you that. Uh, my own personal uh, feeling, and again, it's my personal feeling. It has nothing to do with anyone else. I'm hoping that uh, based on the regional study of the state, but the federal government stepped in and says, well, they're doing the right thing. We should fund some of this. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you, the city of Derby cannot afford the expenses that we've got coming in in 20 years. Okay? Forget the referendum. We can't afford it. The referendum will not cover all the costs down the road. No. Uh, so if the regional study can give us a, a solution, all in favor of it. Yeah, I, I, I would just add on, on that. Well, Jack's on that point. 
we published um, the phase one evaluations of the current facilities in, in every town, Naugatuck to, to Derby. Um, and that, rep- that report I'm sure is on my website. Um, and, and we, we announced when it was, was out there. If people want to really know what every town is facing over the next 20 years, I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, somewhere just shy of a half billion dollars and that's not addressing the pipes under the ground collection systems in any in any aggressive way it, it, it just you know makes a small allocation toward that so everybody's facing a lot more cost and this is not sustainable for uh for the residents of the valley region or the state of connecticut we're not alone in this um so i i think i think that uh you know there's some hard decisions to be made there are going to be some unpopular ones i think and there always are with regionalization but uh let me just, uh, Rick, I did get your, your message. You guys sound crystal clear to me. I mean, hopefully this is the recording doesn't have feedback, but just in case it does, let me ask one last question. Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully I haven't completely wasted your time, <laughs> but I think it recorded. <laughs> uh, we're in a global pandemic. We're facing uh, economic pressure that I'm 46. I've never seen it in my lifetime. Uh you know, uh, there, there are there are things happening in the state where they're they're asking to or people are being allowed uh, to sort of delay their rent payments, mortgage payments to some extent. Mm-hmm. Has there been any talk uh, in terms of the CARES Act or the federal government considering uh, what we're going through? And this also came up on, on Facebook where people could maybe not pay this or could they uh, could they get help? Could CARES federal government aid go to help people in Derby who are struggling to pay their bills? Uh, I know, obviously, with all you've just said. Uh, we're staring down the barrel of uh, of a gun in terms of all costs going forward. But what about right now? Is is, is there anything that can be done to help people who can't pay this? I'm not aware of any. You know, there were some uh, some uh, pieces of legislation earlier in the year to allow people to uh, delay the payment of their taxes. Uh, unfortunately, that was not the case with the WPCA bills because of the timing. Uh, we could not have done that even if we wanted to do it. So, I mean, there are state regulations of what you can do and what you can't do. So, I, you know, I don't see anything now. But, you know, if the Cures Act wants to put money in there, we'd be more than happy to do it and delay any payments that we could. So, so Eugene, the Cares Act obviously is federal. Um, the pending uh, successor to that is the HEROES Act, uh, which has been passed by the House and not, by, not yet by the Senate. Um, but the dollars, so the dollars flow in block grants to the state. What you were talking about with the what Jack referred to about tax bills, that that was an executive order um, allowing people to delay their payments without penalty. But that was only for tax bills. Um, the but the revenue that could would potentially come to the state under CARES Act or or um, um, uh, the Heroes Act. Uh, I, I I don't know how it would get to regular people individually, other than the same way it did before, where the federal government made uh, direct payments of up to twelve hundred dollars a person and uh, had the extra amount for uh, unemployment. Um, but uh, those those are both gone. Uh, there is no additional money. Uh, flowing down the pike for that. The state of Connecticut is certainly not in a, in a financial position to subsidize things like uh, WPCA operations, and that would open a whole Pandora's box anyway uh, about how they do it fairly. Um, so, no, I, I I don't know of any way that the current 
proposals from from the federal government could could provide relief here. And Jack, how about in terms of I know it's very early, but in terms of people paying their bills, I know uh, in Seymour and Derby, I've heard that the tax money is pretty much still coming in. People are still paying their property taxes. Uh, Have you gotten any indication whether people are delaying paying their WPCA bill or does it look okay? It looks okay. You know, we do track that. And, you know, people in the Valley pay their bills. Okay. Even if they complain, they pay their bills because they understand the importance of it. Uh, you know, our collections are pretty much on par where they've been. We were, we we're very concerned about that with last year's bill, the second half of the payment. But so far, everything looks to be pretty much normal. So far. Okay. Well, hopefully it stays that way. Well, I want to thank Jack Walsh and Rick Dunn for coming on to this program with little to no notice. I really appreciate it, Uh, and and I'm happy uh, to have you guys on, so thank you. Anytime, Eugene. Thank you, Eugene. For hundreds of years, we've brought you the news.
presses are running all through the night. We're printing the truth with all of our might. We're platform agnostics, got that interweb too. Buy an ad, see what we can do. Still have subscribers, still have our fans, we're here every day, so give us a chance and we'll make an art stand. Just hold us in your hand, yeah, and we'll ride the dinosaur, yeah, ride the dinosaur. Dinosaur. <laughs>